You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games to war games and beyond. And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. This week I am indeed Justin, not Jason, but he is here with us today along with Dan. Welcome, boys. Hey, everybody. Howdy! All right, we have a special uh, show for you today. It is going to be our Santa's wish list of what we want to get from the gaming world. Yeah. So hopefully we do get some of these, uh, and if we haven't, then we'll just buy them for ourselves later. No big deal. <laughs> right. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh. You can click it, on your, you can click it yourself on your phone. Don't ask me for it. <laughs> but before we begin, let's start with Geek Week. Jason, let's kick us off. Uh, okay. Um, I uh, finished writing a horror short story, so wow. I'm pretty excited about I that. I think you were going to send for me to read. Yes, I need mistaken. to. I need to send it to you. So I have started many stories over the years and never finished them. And then with this one, I decided I'm just going to freaking finish it. So I just I like sat it. down, and in like in one night, I pushed out like two thousand words and just boom. Ooh. And so it's a short story. Uh it's gonna be yeah, I'll send it to you, Justin. We can view. Maybe we'll post it on a web or something. It'd be fun. Yeah. You can it's, send uh, it to me too. I'm interested. Yeah. It's about the uh the ill fated adventure of uh two uh mid two late night shift um, building maintenance operators who um get a get to answer a call to the mysterious fourth floor of their building. Uh-oh. Um yep, and we'll see what happens with there. But uh it's a, it's a fun story. It's a short. It's fast. It's super action packed, and um, doesn't end happy for anybody. So, it sounds autobiographical. <laughs> right. Little do you know, Jason's you can find a building maintenance supervisor. Yeah. In see if you, no, no. <laughs> yeah, read the story. See if you can find me in the story. No. Um, Ooh, it was fun. He's got, I, a, I wrote he's got it, a Mary Sue. I wrote it. Uh, in, the inspiration behind it was um, there are several uh, horror. Um, Short story submission deadlines coming up for different, uh, like, you know, ma- online magazines and stuff. And I thought I would just try one. So uh, that was the motivation. Unfortunately, uh, the one I was shooting for was only 1,200 words. Oops. So, yeah, but that's okay. It was fun. Anyways. Well, maybe after I read it, I'll just cut out huge sections yeah. of it. You'll be like, this isn't necessary and this <laughs> isn't that. But that's okay. Um, Good for fun. you, man. Good for you. That's great. Um, you did that. that's yeah, fantastic. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. that's really awesome. Pixel Gear VR. Uh, this is an old game, actually, but it's one that uh, we've had for a while. And this is a really fun VR game. If you have a PS4 VR or any other system, I think they're on uh, with our kids. Um, little kids, you just grab a controller and the headset. And basically, what it is is one person sits uh, in a chair in the middle of the room, like a lot of these games are, with one of the motion controllers that basically looks like a gun. And they sit there and they see this, you know, kind of field out in front of them. Like they're outside in, in this field outside the castle wall. So it's kind of a tower defense game. Uh-huh. Um, the other players that don't have the VR headset, they control these little creatures that are running around the front, kind of the front yard of the castle gathering coins. But the trick is, is that they are disguised as a bunch of other NPC creatures that are walking around randomly too. So the person with the headgear has to kind of watch everything that's moving in on the front lawn and try to figure out what is moving more like a cre- like a person to try to capture the coins than just an NPC cuz you can get penalized if you shoot NPCs but obviously you have to try to kill the people and you don't know who's a person. 
Uh, so it's just a little fun game where the kids kind of run around and try to grab the coins, and another, pe- another person gets to shoot with the headset on. And then when it's over, the round's over, you just swap the headset. Really great game. It's really cheap. It's one of those, like, you know, maybe it's like 15 bucks, and you just get hours and hours of fun with your, with your family with it. So did, the, did that this week. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, good times. Good stuff. All right, Dan, what about you? Uh, we had a great uh, Star Wars Edge of the Empire session this week with one of my groups. Afterwards, a player wanted to stay after and asked if she could scrap her character and start over. And the answer to that question is always yes. Was this your zero session? No, this was a, this is a campaign we started uh, in the beginning of COVID. What oh. did she not like oh, about okay, her character? Gotcha. Was she just she, bored of it? Uh, so like, like you sometimes have in like Shadowrun with a Decker who kind of feels like there's nothing to do mm, until yeah. there's everything mm-hmm. to do. Yep. Uh, she's a, she's a pilot character and I kept throwing space combat into the game and all the other players were like, let's just run. It's easier to just run. And so she's like, I'm tired of playing a fighter pilot that never gets to fight. Never gets like, to yeah, fly. All right, let's, let's start over and play something fun. Your character is your instrument in the orchestra. You are not, you are not saddled with that instrument. So she was essentially the symbol guy. Yeah, exactly. Right? She's like, that I'm, one I'm, moment I'm gonna just crash these symbols together. Right, right. <laughs> or just find exactly. Oh yeah, here was my moment, and you didn't want me to do it, so it didn't happen. So yeah, uh, it helps to be in a place where you just go, hey, you know, this is not. You don't have to start off with the very beginning character. That's not how we RPG. You know, make a character that's fun to play. Um, speaking of Star Wars RPG, I have almost completed my uh, Star Wars RPG collection. I got the last adventure that I needed from Age of Rebellion. I have oh. every book they've ever published except for one, um, which is the vehicles book that was the last one that came out before um, news that the line had been sold to, uh, not the line had been sold, they're transferring the line to another studio. Yeah. That thing sold out in a few days. It's not on eBay. It's on Amazon for $250. And wow. it's not it's not one I really need. It will go back into print and I'll get it at MSRP or better. So I just have to wait it out. So I'm pretty much done uh, because it's not even a book I really want. It's just I'm going to get it out of being a completionist, which is broken. Did you, uh, <laughs> just a, a little bit related to what you said about, you know, the line being moved over to um, Edge. Uh, yeah, Edge. Um, the, I don't know if you saw this, and this might kind of fall into our news, but I saw that the uh, X-Wing, like number two in charge, left um, after yeah. they moved it all over to um, As- Asmodee or whoever it was. It was a... Uh, um, the Marvel company. Right. Studio. There, there's there been big changes. Yes. The one that was doing Marvel, uh, the, the name's going to come to me in a second. Yeah. But it's going to yeah. come. Yeah. 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 Crisis protocol. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame them for, for doing that. I used to, uh, there were a long time. There was a long time where there were two or three designers that were always on the different YouTube videos. And when something new came out, they would, you know, take an hour out and talk about what they're putting out and why. Yeah. Um, and so you got, and, and, and I got to see those guys at tournaments. They would show up to know, open and you could introduce yourself and talk to them and they were very very cool and they would be on lots of podcasts and stuff and if if they're getting run out of town it's because they're going to have to make real changes to those games there's been a big change to uh armada and i'll talk about that 
later in the show when we talk about our Christmas lists. But since you did bring up X-Wing, I did buy the X-Wing Hotshot and Aces card pack. Uh, the, the guy who founded uh, uh, FFG, people used to ask him when he used to do uh, his Gen Con news briefing, his, his annual in-flight report. They'd say, you know, the... The, the players just want the cards. We just stop selling us the models. We have more models than we can shake a stick at. He's like, no, I'm never going to put that out. But, you know, he sold the company to Asmo Day, and in my hot little hand is a card pack, the thing that he said he wasn't going to do. He also said he wasn't going to put anything out for Clone Wars, and now that's that's the bread and butter of what FFG is putting out hmm. for, for Armada yeah. and for a couple other things. So yeah. my how things change over time. So I'm excited to dip my toes back into X-Wing. I've never seen got that. out. I've got out my magnetic board and used it on the new table and, and, and tried to space things out and get a good feel for it. So cool. Um, I'm excited to maybe um, play some X-Wing in the future, hopefully. And that's you, my Geek Week. You know, it's nice. funny. Back to the first item in your Geek Week where you had the player that wanted to re-roll. Uh, it's funny. Whenever I'm playing in the other systems and, like, if I'm getting bored with the character, the next session I'll just play that character maybe a little sloppier and just send them to an untimely demise. Uh, hmm. The only thing is, I can't seem to do that in Star Wars RPGs. Like, no matter how Never. hard you try, you can't die. Hey, in Star you Wars. can't die. Oh, you it's can't a die. Uh, Hey, that that's hurtful. I've really done better really? at that. I've done better. <laughs> really? at that. We've upped the death stakes. I mean, you I, tried. I made I made one rule change where in this campaign that did the old rule and the new rule house rule. They I've almost everybody has been threadbare towards death in this what, campaign. What's this rule? So uh, this is pretty arcane. So sorry. Uh, sorry, we're going deep here. So the way the criticals work, there's different tiers of criticals. There's, yeah. you know, 1 to 20, 20 yeah. to 40, 40 to 60 on, on upwards like that. That's the way crits go. So if you get a, you know, if you get a 20 to 40 crit, the next one has to be at least one level higher. Um, so you're, you know, you might be a little bit more critical, right? Yeah. If you get two crits in a row. We threw that out. And decided we're just going to make additives. So it's a scale from uh, 100 to 151. 151 is dead, dead, no matter what, never coming back, dead. And instead of like jumping people up from tier to tier on the crit chart, we just throw in, we just add, let's say if you got a 50 crit before and you take a, uh, a 75 crit, you're now up to 125 and you're, nice. you're about to die. Yeah. Oh, or wow. if you take... That's how the Rogue Trader did it, by the way, with the crit hits. And yeah, the, they so just add would, on. Yeah. So yeah. if you take a 70 and an 81 in back to back, and that can happen in one roll, there's you're dead and you're never coming back. And we've we've been in a situation where almost everybody has almost died from hitting getting two crits uh, in a but combat. But notice his language, Jason. Almost everybody. Well, has different groups have almost different died. different <laughs> groups have different expectations and different investments right. in characters. Okay. There you go. So you got to know your players, pal. Um, I've got a group. Our our group is wanton to die quickly i have another group where you know if you've got people writing backstories and doing character art you know oh, yeah. you, you, but but it's a house rule and it works and they yeah. both everybody got it didn't work the, the dice decided to spare them it wasn't me sparing them it was the dice sparing them so anyway I'll so I, I i would say too it's it there's a flip of that which is you know you got to know your players but the players also got to know their gm too oh so, yeah that's you know, what I yeah. was telling our last session we had uh, this past week. You stepped out to uh, as our GM. You stepped out to get a to get a drink or something. I I told one of the players like, dude, stop giving him bad ideas. He's gonna keep turning them on us. 
right? When oh, he, yeah. The player's like, well, I don't know if we should do this because when we get back to town, the speaker may not, you know, the speaker may not give us all of the reward. I'm like, don't say that in front of Dustin. <laughs> trying to do oh yeah. my gosh it's just fuel for my fire my friend <laughs> yeah you, you've your gotta... wish your wish is my command <laughs> right yeah there's many a good idea that was offered by the player for bad right. things to happen and then they go i knew it i knew it i predicted you were gonna do that it's like you didn't predict it you suggested it you idiot <laughs> oh i love it yeah, it's good stuff. So speaking of our uh, session last week, my Geek Week, we had a great D&D session. We've been having a lot of fun with it, I think. Yeah, been been good times. Um, I uh, So we're playing the um, Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Uh, it's the newest G- uh, Wizards of the Coast campaign that came out. And I got to tell you, I really like this book. I really like it. I like it a lot better than the Edge of the Abyss one. I think that um, the way that the towns are laid out, so the setting is up in this kind of like northern tundra, you know, it's like ice and it's cold and there's no sun that comes out and there's a bunch of stuff going on, but the area is basically 10 hamlets that make up this area called 10 towns, and each town has its own unique place and thing and they've got like adventures in all of them there's plot hooks in all of them and um they really made it i think especially in the beginning a very nice sandboxy area um to go do what you want do it you know things things pop up it feels very organic to to play around with what do you Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think jason yeah we're having a great time i feel like everywhere we go there's enough to do to keep us involved and we could stay there it's one of those where like you play the game and you got to hope your players don't feel like rushed. Well, we got to get back to the main storyline because we got to beat this thing. It's like, no, it's just about it's about the journey. Yeah, it's about having a good time, you know. It's and great. we've uh, we've done really. I mean, I, I think we got a really good gaming group too that um, loves to role play. Oh and yeah, so we role play a lot. Role play a ton, and um, I, I try to just facilitate a lot of it, you know, as it goes on. Um, and so it's funny because there'll be like a line or two of the book and we'll spend like an hour on something that like one line in the book, like exploring that in a role. That's great. You know, and it, it feels, it feels really organic, a lot of fun. And, um, yeah. So speaking of, uh, other things too, is, uh, I, it, it cracked me up cause, uh, one of our players, uh, Mike, um, <laughs> remember he, he talked you guys out of, uh, out of some money as a speaker. Uh, so oh, yeah, that's what we just, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they went back to collect the rewards. They're like, here we go. We got the white moose. And, you know, like being the GM, I knew that they hadn't quite completed the quest that they needed to do right there. And they knew that there was something else out there too, that they needed to do. And so I was like, so, you know, when the, when they gave it back to the NPC, the NPC is like, so great. The problem's taken care of. You know, I didn't say, oh, great. You did your job. Right. And, uh, and our, and our, uh, players like, well, there's still something out there, and I'm like, and I pulled this the point, money I'm back. I'm furiously, <laughs> privately chatting to him. Stop talking. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like our mic. Yeah. yeah, the NPC's like slowly pulling the money back, being like, well, you didn't finish the job then, so I can't give you the money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> That's great. Good times. But, yeah, it was a, it was a great uh, great thing. Uh, the other thing that happened to me on Saturday was that my new Warcry Treasure Trove book cache came in. Ah, so, this came early. Yes. I got the 
um, faction book for chaos, the faction book for order, the faction book for uh, death, and the faction book for destruction, which are the four Grand Alliance uh, books. And then I also got the Tome of Champions, which is kind of like if you've played, um, you know, uh, 40K or uh, Age of Sigmar, it's the essentially kind of the General's Handbook or the chapter approved book for the year of the year for um Warcry. what i love about these books and jason and i had talked about this a little bit is that they have the cards for every faction that has been named in there so instead of going out and spending ten dollars at least on cards for every faction that i may want i could get it all in a book for around thirty dollars so um you know now i had to buy four books and i did that on purpose because i'm, I'm really trying to build up a lot of collections that we can have a lot of different yeah. factions to play with and they all come with unique things and and stuff like that so it's going to be a lot of fun and i've already you know i'm in the works to have probably eight bands and by the next couple months so, so i want to nice. i want to talk about this for a minute so I know we're still in the Geek Week section, but this is this is a point that we talked about on this. When when they sold these as individual cards, yeah, you know, card packs, to me, yep. made sense. You know, you'd pay whatever it was, eight bucks or something for a card pack, and then you had these nice glossy cards you could play on your game. Yeah. When they started including these cards, only including them as pages in a book, to me, I'm like, at that point, you need to just provide them as downloadable PDFs. So you can I, print, because, I agree with that. Because yeah. if either you put them on your website as PDFs bringing your player base to your store, or the players are just going to go to Reddit or whatever, and they're not going to be going to your controlled spaces. Yeah. It just I don't I don't get it. Like if it's going to be in a book and not in a card pack, it needs to be free. I mean, half the time I'm going to be photocopying the page out of the book, right? right. For someone and, to play. And people are just going to take pictures of it and upload them to Reddit and all those yeah. other places. Yeah. So I, I, I agree know. with you there. I think that they should provide some of the card packs like online because all they do, they don't give you the rules. They just give you the stats for the models. So if right, you, exactly. you still have to go out and buy the core book if you want yeah. the rules. You still need to go out and get the terrain. You still need to go out and get the models. I mean, if you look at Age of Sigmar, they've got all of the um, War Scroll um things online and on yeah, their app for free, for free. That you can look at each unit and their individual stats it's essentially the same thing and uh also i don't know if you saw this but the new uh 40k app uh they uploaded the battle scribe which is yeah, essentially so. their um or i guess it's called battle forged which is their list builder and one of the big announcements that i saw today was that all of the data sheets are included in that list builder so that you can, you know, so you don't have to have the book to see the data sheets. Yeah, but you that can... list builder is locked behind a four ninety nine <laughs> subscription. It is, yes. So, so whatever. <laughs> I know exactly. Uh, there is that, but you don't have to. Um, you don't have to buy the codex though, which is what it used to be. Yeah. To, to even oh, see the. Oh, I data see what sheets. you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, so I, you know, I think that that model, along with the model that you've seen Age of Sigmar, they could have done with Warcry, but they chose not to. Um, I also think that the Monsters and Mercenaries book that they came out with, uh, like just after the release of the base game, uh, what was it, a year and a half ago, um, and then the Tome of Champions, like this, that was a step getting to this right now, where you have the four faction books, but it's clear to me, it is clear as crystal. 
that this is what they wanted to do originally. They just hadn't pulled the thread through far enough to mm. be able to do the four books mm-hmm. because all of the stuff that's in here, um, the Monsters and Mercenaries book uh, basically let you take allies in, which was essentially extra models from your factions. So like orcs, my base orcs that I could take were um, uh, like the Iron Jaws were a brute or an Ardboy and, and the different combinations of those, right? That's all I could take. But the Monsters and Mercenaries book started letting me take a War Chanter and uh, a Mega Boss and a Shaman, you know, like you could Just take giving you more those. options. So it gave me more options. But now this book comes out and you've got all of those things that were once allies are now leader units in your thing and can take advantage of the different faction abilities. And they added the Gorgrunters on the pigs. They added, um, you know, like uh, a, a couple other things. So, I mean, they did that for like every faction. So, you know, wow. um, it's interesting. So your options now have like greatly expanded for every faction, which I think is fantastic. But it's kind of like, why couldn't we do this in the beginning? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, well, I, I'm kind of like, you made us buy out. this Monsters and Mercenaries book knowing full well that within a year you're going to do these four books. You know? So, good job, GW. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Hind- I don't know. Hindsight. Maybe they, yeah. just, they were yeah. trying to get to where they were. I think they're just trying to get it out. You know what I mean? Probably. They're just yeah. trying to get it out, and they weren't ready for all the other stuff. So, anyway. Better but, late than never, right? Yeah. So, anyway, that's my Geek Week. I'm, I'm played some great RPG, been perusing through these things, and, uh, yeah, been, been having a good time. So, uh, Dan... Kick us off with our geek news, my friend. News. Yes. That was a little westerny. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I, I, it's different every time. Listen, I like the riff. Keep going. Thank you. All right, we have so much news, <laughs> listeners. We are swimming in news, and a lot of it came out today from non-geek sources. We are just... This is going to be more of a news episode than a Santa's wishlist episode, so uh, buckle up. Uh, Modifius announced an extension of their license for Star Trek Adventures in their announcement of upcoming products for 2021. The big news is that the license has expanded to include the new CBS All Access Star Trek series, including, <coughs> excuse me, including Discovery. <coughs> oh, excuse me again. Including- it was that epic intro. That's what it was. <coughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. I just, I'm lo- going to lose my career in radio. It's because he can't. He can't. He he can't technically because he's under contract. I'm say under the contract. names of the Somebody. CBS Star Trek shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> Every time you try to say it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <clears throat> Whoa. All right. That was a that was an epic fail. Hey, it's okay to fail around Star Trek. Star Trek has a lot of failure happening. Okay. I just, mean, we heard about that like last episode, right? Exactly. Um, the series include Discovery and Picard, with products based on their series to be announced soon. There's a very cool product coming out in Q3 2021, the Tricorders, the Tricorders Collector Set, which includes a digest-size original series theme, pocket rulebook, dice, crew sheets, mm-hmm. three-part campaign, and a deluxe wearable box in the shape of a tricorder with a magnetic lid. So it looks like... It's a, a think of it in terms of like the red box for D and D, except it's got way more printed material, way more dice and chits, and a wearable box. It has like so a nylon a strap. strap. Yeah. Nice. So if you're a fan of old school Star Trek, where everybody had a tricorder, 
purse on their hip, you can have your own full of your Star Trek RPG. I thought it was great. I posted a big photo of it in the chat so that Jay it's cool and, and uh, yeah. Justin could could t- peruse it. It should yeah. be fun. It's a gr- it looks fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's very engaging. I'm like, ooh, now I want to play instead of a big, gigantic, 400-page, full-color print hardbound book. I don't know. So I'm seeing one of the titles, which is called The Keyhole of Eternity. Yeah. I don't know why that it just sounds so <laughs> well, that interesting. Who's <laughs> the key master and the right? Uh, yeah, gatekeeper. The gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a little Ghostbusters in yeah. Keyhole of eternity. Uh, so just really quickly, yeah, cool. Modifius has got new stuff that looks awesome. If you're into that, it's great. I really want to know when does Picard come back on. I don't know, but I, I'm I'm so kind of getting chaffed with discovery. I'm about to. I'm I'm about to tap out of season three and cancel CBS for a little while. Oh no! Uh, I the next episode better be amazing. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's it's season three started out good and has been a pretty heavy duty slog. So I'm I'm feeling like a like I'm feeling like, like Star Galactica slog. No, I'm feeling like a Game of Thrones fan near the last season it's like oh everything used to be so great and i'm trying not to be an online internet hater but i it's my personal opinion and they're losing me as a viewer and i'm if picard comes back i'll i'll pay for it again but i'm i'm ready to pull the plug on cbs um sorry to be a downer Um, i mean it is what it is right yeah and who knows with covid i mean everything was on a pipeline but who knows all right next news story this one is cool netflix via twitter Tipped us off to a December 18th. Sorry if this is coming out after December 18th. A Stranger Things D&D session. And they have um, four of the uh, actors from Stranger Things, including David Harbour, who's done other D&D live action stuff before. He plays Jim Hopper, and he's also in the new Black Widow movie, and he is cool. If it ever comes out. If it ever comes out. And it's not coming. Oh, they announced it's not coming out to uh, Disney Plus. It'll be theaters first. So go figure. Um, Anyway, David Harbour also played Hellboy in the last version of Hellboy. So he is a great guy. Which, by the way, my opinion is one of the best screen renditions of of Hellboy. Yeah, Yeah, that's what my brother said, too. I haven't seen yeah. it yet. I need to see it. And I like Hellboy. The, the movie was okay, it. but he played a really good Hel- Hellboy. Uh, I feel terrible for not seeing that yet. I got to get it. It's on my list. It's on my list. The others include uh, Finn Wolfhard, who plays Mike Wheeler, and uh, Gaten Matazaro, who plays Dustin Henderson, who's a fan favorite. And the fourth one they had uh, depicted was... Natalia Dyer, who plays Nancy Wheeler. That's right. Nancy Wheeler is playing D&D on Netflix. How exciting is that? Wow, interesting. Nancy. Nancy. What red-blooded American male wouldn't want to see Nancy Wheeler playing D&D? Because the whole (laughs) series starts off with Dustin creeping on her because she used to play D&D with them and then stopped. That's Uh, true. So, anyway. they, they They had me at Nancy Wheeler. Let me just say that. (laughs) <laughs> um, more D&D news. Now, this is a lot of this news is not coming from gamer sources. Uh, Variety's reporting that Chris Pine is in negotiations to star in Dungeons & Dragons, the movie. Uh, Paramount and E1's upcoming film adaptation of the popular fantasy role-playing game. 
Paramount is co-producing and co-financing the Dungeons and Dragons movie with Hasbro and E1. E1 is distributing the movie in the UK and Canada, while Paramount is handling the rollout in the rest of the world. The release date was recently pushed back womp, womp, from November 2021 to May 27 of 22. That seems like a pretty quick turnaround if he's still in negotiations, right? Yeah, well, this is variety, but you know, Chris Pine is a legit. Heart st- he, for those who don't remember, Chris Pine is the guy who played the rebooted Captain Kirk from William Shatner in the J.J. Uh, Abrams universe Star Trek, and has been in great films. He's also been in uh, Wonder, Woman Wonder Woman and, and all yeah. kinds of good stuff. He's a great actor. Yeah. yeah. And if they're courting him for D and D, that that bodes really well that the script doesn't suck. Because no star is going to read yeah, a crap. Yeah, he's not going to take a bad script. Yeah. yeah. So that really is, to have his name attached to the Dungeons and Dragons movie is, is really exciting. I uh, just hope, I hope ahead. that they get good counsel, right? Because this is the, like, you, this is a problem I have with, like, tech movies. Like, high, like, movies that are supposed to be hard science fiction, you'll get some good ones. But then you get ones that, like, who was not on the set to tell them that that doesn't make any sense? Yeah, yeah. right. You know, I hope that they have good counsel on the set or uh, advisors. Maybe that's a better word. Good advisors on the set. People who are like hardcore RPGers that are like, no, 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 no. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Or that's not how it would play out. Well, um, I have a related news story about our good, uh, one of our favorite celebrity D&D mavens, Joe Mangiello. Mangiello, I can't pronounce his last name. When he was, uh, when the property was at Warner Brothers, he w- he he and his brother were attached to write the script um, at at one point in time. So he was actually developing a script with Warner Bro- mm. Brothers back in the nice. day. Nice, nice. Um, I mean, he was in the latest Pee Wee movie, so you know he's got yeah. great taste. <laughs> he's he's a good guy. Okay, so you got to check out Variety's Inside Joe Mangiello's epic Dungeons and Dragons campaign video on Variety.com. If you go to the D and D story for Chris Pine, you'll find this video. It's from last May. I finally watched it. It's epic. Vince Vaughn is playing. Nice. Uh, Joe talks about how his campaign started and how his his personal trainer was like, you know, I was really big into D&D. And about how all these celebrities wanted to get into his game. So his game is absolutely huge. So he's got WWE wrestlers. The two guys who do Game of Thrones play in Joe's campaign. Nice, nice. So if you want to see, like, Vince Vaughn roll dice and freak out, and, and he's not playing a character. He's being himself. Yeah. That is available on the Variety. And this is on Variety. The Variety.com site. It was just crazy. I was like, I'm just pinching myself. Today is a wonderful day <laughs> to be a geek in, in the world. If you would have told 14-year-old me that this would happen, I would have lied, especially with the rest of the news that's coming down the pike. The next news story is Variety. Once again, Variety reported that Mandalorian reached 29% of streaming ratings in November. So crazy. Beating out Queen's Gambit at 20, The Crown at about 14. It also hit more viewers than Hulu's Animaniacs at 7%. So Mandalorian is the biggest behemoth on streaming. Um, the ratings yeah. are just through the roof. This um, is the way. This is the way. I mean, what what else to say? I mean, it's it's earned it all. I mean, it's and there's so much fan service happening in that show. I, I can't tell you the 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 references. Well, it, you know what's great is it's subtle fan service. It's so people subtle. People who really know, they're like, oh my gosh. 
They ref- you know, they so. referenced Tython. They referenced yeah. the Dark Troopers. Yeah. They've got all the, the the list of stuff. They're just ticking stuff down the list and making all kinds of stuff canon that w- was from novels that got scrapped yeah. because they were pre-Disney and now it's all on the show. Yeah, it, uh, that's pretty um, awesome. Cuz cuz I remember when they made all that stuff like all the all the stuff legends, you yeah. know, and you're just like, dude, you just like erased a whole bunch of like what fans thought were canon and i love the fact that dave filani is like no 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 no, we're putting that all back in yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's all coming back in just <laughs> you know it's fine D- dave it's fine. dave knows canon better than anybody i mean he threw in the z95 headhunter uh uh fighter in the clone wars cartoon right before it went off the air before they uh-huh. had the extra episodes that thing was referenced in the han solo models and we'd been playing it in the rpg forever yeah. Everybody had everybody knew about the 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 headhunter, and he's like, oh, "I'm gonna slip this in right before the show goes off the air." And I'm That's like, fantastic. "Thank you for making this canon. Yeah. It was canon yeah. to us, and now it's canon for real." But, but I, Mandalorian's full of that good stuff. I'm also gonna say too that I love that they brought Bill Burr back in for this latest episode, and I'm not gonna give any spoilers. No, yeah. But what I'm saying is that Bill Burr. I love him to death as a comedian. Like he just cracks me up and I love that they let him be him a little mm-hmm. bit. Like when mm-hmm. he's kind of complaining, yeah. you know, like, uh, bah, 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 like kind of his grouchy complaining, like that's him. They're like that's him doing his thing. You know what I mean? And it was, it worked so well in the episode. And he's great. He, uh, he went on, uh, on interviews saying, yeah, I used to think star Wars was stupid. I used to talk about it being stupid all the time. And then they asked me to be on the show. And now I love it. <laughs> 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 paycheck yeah yeah no yeah. he's the guy like uh, i've played gunslingers in star wars a lot maybe too much this 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 nerd geek out he has a gun a third pistol strapped to his back on a droid yeah. arm i mean come yeah. on come yeah, on that's pretty i awesome. mean if i would have tried to get that through a gm they would look at me like you're an idiot i'm like it's a, <laughs> now it's canon i could get a third pistol look at bill bill bar bill what uh, bill burr bill burr yeah. has it yeah Anyway, yeah, that's great. We could talk about. We could do a whole podcast on Mandalorian. Speaking of Disney Plus, got a lot of Disney Plus news, guys. I'm going to run through this. Okay, so Marvel today, it's uh, we're recording this on the 14th. Announced a ton of stuff. Updates yeah, to WandaVision. There was a trailer for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The trailer for Loki. Hawkeye's been announced. It'll have Hawkeye's daughter, and it'll also have Hawkeye from the MCU. It, there's a What If animation series, like What If, you know, alternate universes. Iron Heart, which will be a show which will have, like, a new female Iron Woman-type character. There will be Armor Wars with War, War Machine with Don Cheadle. Secret Invasion, which will have Nick Fury and the green alien guy from uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, ben Mendelsohn. There'll be a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh Which, oh. by the way, I saw a Lego Star Wars holiday special. I thought it was the original Star Wars holiday special. Oh. I'm like they did not. They did not <laughs> they just put that up here. <laughs> it's just a way of flipping the bird to George Lucas and shaking your booty at him. I, yeah. I, I, I think I, I, I bet you one of the reasons why they put that out there and named it that is for copyright reasons, so they can start oh, yeah. pulling stuff down off the internet. But anyway, I, I digress. I don't know that for a fact. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three got announced, and I am Groot shorts, uh, cartoon shorts about Baby Groot are coming out. Black Panther 2 announced that they're not going to be recasting Black Panther, but they're still going to proceed with the movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania got announced. Uh, they announced Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness will tie into both the upcoming WandaVision and, and the Sony and Marvel's third Spider-Man movie. And guess what? The Spider-Man movie may be pulling in Spider-Mans from the, from the Sony uh, universe, the two Sony Spider-Mans the, as well. I just want a sequel to that one because that movie was so good. The Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. No, I'm that one so good. <clears throat> that one is is getting a secret sequel. I'm talking about the two Sony oh, like yeah, the the, the Toby Maguire and the other guy who I can't remember his oh, name. Right. The British kid. Uh Andrew Garfield. Yeah, Andrew Garfield. So who knows what's going on with uh Spider Man three. It's gonna be crazy. And last for Marvel news is guess what? Yet another reboot of Fantastic Four. Oh, it's down needed the in the post MCU world though. I'm gonna be honest because the last two that they did were just not good. Yeah. No, yeah. Even though Chris Evans was in, like, <laughs> one of torch. them. And then he, he was came two, back yeah. as, yeah, then he came back as, like, Captain America. So they definitely need to reboot it now. Yeah. There was the original Fantastic Four, which I liked when it came out. And then they had the Silver Surfer one, which yeah. I wanted to like, which was harder to like. Everybody wanted to like it. And then there was the latest one that had, um, the chick from uh, uh, House of Cards as Sue Storm, and that one was hot garbage, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so, yep, we need a, we need a reboot. We need a reboot. And if you really want to go deep into fan fa- Fantastic Four movie lore, there is a wonderful um, documentary on. It's either on Prime or I think it's on Amazon Prime about the lost Fantastic Four movie that was done in the nineties. Um, where the people making the movie thought they were going to be like in a real superhero hero movie, and they just made the movie for a contractual reason so they could shelve it. Oh wow! It's phenomenal. <laughs> Go check it out. It's really really good. In Star Wars news, because we want to go back to Star Wars news, Disney Plus is getting two new Star Wars shows, both spinoffs of The Mandalorian, Rangers of the New Republic, and Ahsoka. That's exciting. Um, Star Wars The Bad Batch, an animated series about the Bad Batch of clones from the Clone War, will debut exclusively on Disney Plus. That one, those guys uh, show up in the extra Clone Wars episodes that they put on Disney Plus when it came out. The Acolyte, a new Star Wars series helmed by Russian doll creator Leslie Headland, set in the High Republic era of the franchise, is coming to Disney Plus. That cool. one is going to be about uh, like I what I've read about it. It's about a female Jedi who's going to like you know go discover the Sith. So it's, it'll be like a light to dark type. This show. is why we can't have nice things. We're <laughs> always out there looking for the Sith. <laughs> Exactly. They're like, well, the Jedi are great, but where's the Pepsi version of the Jedi? Yeah. Right? Another piece of news, Hayden Christensen is returning as Darth Vader in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. That's really exciting. I don't know what they would do with is him. Is it except, exciting? Except put him in a suit. Maybe there'd be some flashbacks. I don't know. I, 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 I'm okay with it. Is it exciting? It's not. <laughs> episode two is not his fault. Let's be quite clear. And everything that's wrong yeah. with the prequels is not Hayden Christensen's fault. I mean, some of it is. <laughs> a little the bit. At, <laughs> like, I mean, his delivery of some of that stuff is kind of pretty bad. No, it's it's The dialogue is really bad, though. It's George as working in the editing booth taking yeah. the worst possible takes. I'm sure yeah, Hayden sure. gave George 10, 20, 30 other takes that were less. Time out, time out, time out, time out. I also watched the movie Jumper with him in it, yeah. and he wasn't good in that one. 
that was pretty close on the heels of that too. That's it right. Was. That's yeah. right. Okay, I watched that movie too. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. All right. I know. Listen. Hey, I'm still gonna watch it. We're still gonna watch. Look. Uh, <laughs> I guess. I guess Justin's point is, is it exciting? Is it exciting? Yeah. It, it does. It doesn't need to be exciting. Well, I, if he's I in just a want suit, Dar- I just want James Earl Jones' voice in the Darth Vader suit. Like, do I need anything more than that? Let me tell you. I don't care who's behind the mask. Right. Well, we got sure. that. We got that in Rogue One, and it fell really flat because the the Whoa, the version we we had James Earl Jones, and we had yes. some random person in the suit, and it didn't feel right because what? The, I don't. The, you mean at the end I, of the movie? I mean, dude. The, the Darth that Vader was like scene was like the best, the best the scene of the whole movie. Now, I'm yeah. talking about the one where he's talking with Ben Mendelsohn in the castle. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, everybody knows. Yeah, the end of the movie is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That saved. That really right. helped the end of the movie. Okay, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the, the falling the flat. That whole conversation that he had. It's right. like a lot of cosplayers were looking at that version of the costume going, I think I could do a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I sure. was thinking that too when I when we my wife mentioned that too. Actually, she's like, "Is that it? what's with this suit? It looks fake." It, 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 they they tried to tie it way too close to the opening sequence in in uh, episode four, A New Hope, and they they just did it wrong, and they shot him wrong, and they just really needed it needed a lot of help. It it, it felt the same way when you saw Princess Leia's face. Yes. Right, and they, they, uh, they, and it was like the fake face, the fake you know? face. It's like there's something that just didn't. Now, which is a quick tangent, by the way. Uh, apparently, some people took those scenes and did a deep, like a, a deep fake, with you know Carrie Fisher's <laughs> yeah. face, uh-huh. and it looks really good. Really, I'll have to go check. Oh that yeah, out on YouTube. so you're just like, oh wait a minute, like I think we got some new technology guys of like doing these now, just doing the deep fakes. Because it was great. really, it was, it was kind of like, oh crap! Like they. We did all it. know the real utility of deepfake is putting uh, Ron Swanson <laughs> <laughs> in the full on house a, on a di- on, <laughs> on the uh, on the what is it the uh, the full house cast yeah the full house cast yeah that's, that's so- the real utility. Here. Oh man, I if it's got Ron Swanson, I already automatically. It was fantastic. It. I've seen that. That's so good. I posted that on Facebook a few times, and I've gotten yeah, a lot of good. attention doing that. Uh, anyway, Hayden Christian's returning. If you have warm, fuzzy feelings about the prequels, I think it might be exciting if there's a moment where the freaking helmet comes off and Hayden talks to Obi-Wan and they have a moment. Sure. I thought that'd be interesting. Also, that could be interesting. Yeah. I, I want everybody who has never read a Star Wars novel before, there's one novel that's really good. It's called... Um, obi-wan and it's now it's legends because it came out right before disney bought the property but it is obi-wan sitting around in the desert as a jedi trying to figure out how to fit it into the world and it is very very good there's no sequels to it it's just a standalone novel and it it holds up i've read it several times i really like it so that's that's i'm interjecting news with opinion i we just turned into fox gamer news we got so much more news okay let me roll through these bullets real fast a Droid Stories, a new project from Disney Plus, will feature a new hero alongside R2-D2 and C-3PO. This will help um, uh, the guy who plays C-3PO. His name just flew out of my brain. Uh, he'll have work for years to come. Uh, the one I'm excited about, really excited about, is Star Wars Lando. It's going to be an event series. We don't know a lot about it. We don't know if it's going to have Donald Glover, which would be great. We don't know if it'll have Billy D. Williams, which will be great no matter what. 
I'm excited about Lando. Cause... Maybe they could deep fake Billy D. Williams' face onto Danny Glover. <laughs> Not Danny Glover. Donald, Donald Glover. Glover. Donald Danny Glover would be an interesting deep fake, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm three weeks away from retirement. <laughs> Getting too old for Getting this. Getting too old for this yeah. Star Wars stuff. <laughs> the last one is Star Wars Visions. For those anime fans, there'll be um, an anime anthology series. Which is really cool. If you go on YouTube, there is a kind of a an Empire and X-wing versus Tie Fighter anime that's been out for about ten years. It's beautifully done. If whatever happens in Star Wars Visions is kind of like that, I'll be I'll be enjoying it. That's the end of oh Disney Plus news. So much Disney Plus news. My gosh. That was a lot. That was a lot. Oof. All right, Jason. What you we're, got? We're gonna make this quick. Uh, because we boy, that's been a lot of good news I'm so, so far. Sorry. But, no, it's good. There's a uh, there is a company online that has a website, Earth2.io. Those are familiar with the .ios. Those are basically like web-based applications. Yep. Um, they have created what they're claiming to be as the world's first virtual existence of our planet. Um, what this is is a one-to-one scale digital copy of the world we live in today. So here's the easiest way to think of it. Pull up Google Maps or whatever you want to use. Uh, so we'll just say pull up Google Maps on your browser, and you can zoom out of the world, and you can zoom in basically you know, all the way down to the street level in most places in the world, right? Take that and sell it off in little tiles. So they take the entire world, and they chunk it into tiles, and they're selling those tiles to whoever wants to buy them. And they've got actual, this is real-world currency. You can So if you wanted to, you could go buy San Francisco. You could select all the tiles around San Francisco, put in your bid, and place the purchase. They're in phase one where they're selling off the planet right now. In future phases, they're going to connect this digitally to the world that we live in today. So, so think about that. Think about any okay. movie you've seen where you put on AR glasses and you yeah. can see a second world, virtual world, in the world you're in, right? That now this is just their company, right? Interesting. Okay. It's just their company. So at the end of the day, if they flop and you know they they don't get into the connections and people don't connect to them, then it doesn't matter, right? Could but, you imagine someone defending their virtual property in real life? That's the thing. That's the thing, right? Uh, where do you go from here? You start looking at a lot of these different, uh, you know, uh, sci-fi shows and movies and settings and things that we've lived in where there's a virtual overlay. And the, what they're trying to do is they're trying to create the first true one-to-one virtual overlay. And they're in phase one right now, is which they're selling it off to anyone who wants to buy it. That's crazy. I'll take America for $100, please. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? <laughs> They've got their selling Japan, each tile. Well, I mean, it's not that cheap, but <laughs> like the tiles, for example, a tile is like maybe maybe like 200 feet in real life and a tile, depending on where you're on the world, could run from 10 cents to maybe $1.50. Interesting. Yeah, so pretty interesting. Um, there's already com- There are already people that have bought up major cities and are reselling them. Uh, with it with its own market yeah what just a curious idea I think it's interesting check it out earth2.io if you're interested in getting a getting a stake in the digital world now's the chance to do it um, and it kind of ties into the next news item Justin yep. that we have on there a little bit go for it 
Yes, it does. So the next news bit that we got is uh, from Cyberpunk 2077. And um, this is kind of a hilarious one. Jason forwarded me an article. <laughs> Uh, but I had also seen it, like, literally as you sent it to me, like, things were popping up in my news feed, oh, yeah. and my brother oh, was yeah. sending me stuff. So my brothers played this, and apparently there's a lot of bugs that came out with this Cyberpunk 2077. And um, I think any big release like this, you know, that's under a time crunch, I, they had already delayed it, like, twice, too. Um, but any any kind of, anytime there's a huge release that's, like, really pushing the edges of, like, you know, graphics and story and, you know, how things work in the world. Um, there's going <laughs> to be bugs. There's going to be bugs. Rockstar has them, you know, uh, Obsidian has them, like, like everybody's got them, you know. But these, this bug is the best <laughs> I think I've ever seen. So apparently you can take your character and walk it through as much creation as you want my brother was telling me he was adjusting his character's nipple sizes at one point <laughs> oh yeah oh, <laughs> you know like oh it gets like better. that's how much better. that's how much oh, you can do my. well guess not what not only can you adjust your nipple sizes you can give yourself the biggest mule in the world if you want yes yeah, you, you can, can adjust, adjust the male member size the male member well. size and the female and the female member size as well the problem is is that if you customize it a little bit too much there's been some glitches in the game where they start poking out of your clothes <laughs> <laughs> talk about some clipping right yeah yeah so there's some great pictures of these dudes standing there and their mule is just hanging out you know <laughs> Oh and there's this gosh. lady in a tank top, and like her boobs are just like poking right out of her shirt. Like it literally looked like she took scissors and cut holes in her shirt, and just like let them hang out, you know. Yeah. And you got the guys with their flies down just walking. Oh, around. just like letting them hang out. And what's funny to me about that is like they all had different size things, and I'm just like, huh? Like you created this. Yeah. And some are bigger, some are smaller. Like, that's an interesting take on yourself there. It is you know? an interesting. It's like, can you imagine being in the storyboard rooms? Like, we got to take this. We got to take this uh, to the next level. <laughs> How do we do this? What? Yeah. If, we got to kick, if... kick the yeah. Ken dolls out of video games. No more Ken oh, dolls. Dude. So <laughs> right. funny. So funny. Right. I saw uh, a great little uh, uh, Twitter clip, and it was this guy. He's like, I want to explore this world, but I can't get off this street corner. And, and it had this video, and every car that would pass by would run into these barriers and, like, crash their cars, essentially, like, totally sideswipe their cars, and then yell at him as if he did something. He's just standing there, right? <laughs> and they'd be like, they'd, like, crash their car, and they'd be like, hey, what do you think you're doing here? You know, or, like, yell at him in Chinese or something like that, you know? And he's just like, this is the greatest entertainment I have ever seen. Like, they just kept crashing their car. Were those AIs or were those players? Yeah, yeah, they were, like, AI NPCs. And, like, they just, like, the way it was scripted is, like, they would always just sideswipe <laughs> this, like, trash box thing and, like, dent their cars and then start yelling at him like it was his problem. Right. You know? It was so funny. Like, so, you know, some of, uh, the, some of the bugs are hilarious. I'm sure you can go out there and find it. Cyberpunk 277 bugs. Um, but, you know, the anatomy one, just, like, it cracked me up. It was way too funny. <clears throat> way it, too and funny. It, it tells you a little bit about what this game might entail. 
if oh, you can if you can yeah. customize that part of your character. There's um yeah, I mean listen, The Witcher 3 didn't shy away from physical intimacy. Um and I think this one being that it is a noir cyberpunk, mm-hmm. you know, futuristic thing where I mean if you think of altered carbon, you know? Oh yeah. Like I think that this is very much modeled in kind of that aspect as well. Yeah, Altered Carbon, yeah. amazing setting, amazing uh, story and plot tools, raunchy book. Raunchy. And, I mean, oh, my gosh. And and kind of, I mean, done very pur- purposefully as well because sure, the whole yeah. point was. It, it was true that, to the setting. Yeah, the whole point was is that if you don't die, then all of a sudden you got to keep looking for that higher high. Yep. And yep. it, it leads to debauchery, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think that Cyberpunk 2077 kind of leads into it. Now, my brother said that it's one of the best RPGs he's ever played. Like, he said that the <laughs> the quests and the things that you do, like, like are super organic. You know, like, you're just walking along and things pop up and you do them. You don't feel like you're ever on a side quest to go do anything. Like, it just feels very organic and natural. Um, and he said that it's great. He's playing on a on a um, Xbox Series X though. He got a hold of one, and he said that it it plays so well on there. Um, but there's been a lot of complaints about this game on the regular Xbox and PlayStation um, Four too. And PlayStation Four. Now I hear that the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro aren't having these problems. Um, it's the original, like, day one Xbox One and the original oh, yeah. PS4. Those are the ones that are having the problems. And apparently Cyberpunk, or not Cyberpunk, uh, CD Projekt Red, the studio who developed Cyberpunk, is allowing uh, Microsoft and Sony to issue refunds if the people are really unhappy with it. Yeah. Because it's, it's struggling on these older, older. Uh, I'm not gonna, I don't even call them next-gen consoles, but these older, you know, consoles that came out in 2013, 2014, it's, it's really struggling on yeah. them. Um, um, well, even though they're supposed to be working on them, but that's crazy. They said they got big, um, big updates. They did a quick hot fix or a day one patch. <laughs> Air of quotes, course. big updates. Yeah, exactly. Big updates. Well, um, I mean, we all know that what used to be a game, what is a game release now is what there used to be. A, now we're getting handed alphas and betas all the time. Yeah. Right. Um, it's happening in the board game world too, man. Yeah. You get a board game and you can go on board game geek and there's already a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And and I think uh, especially with like the board games, it's because of the shipping times and all that stuff. China yeah. and producing. Yeah. And so and I noticed like if there's Kickstarter, Secret Hitler did this. They had a uh, print and play version, and then you they asked you to leave feedback. You know, so mm-hmm. they were letting you beta it as they would do in the Kickstarter campaign. Well, you know, no game survives contact with you know 50 60 100,000 players right. i mean you can play yeah. test all you want with a right. dozen people but it's not the same as 100,000 nope yep nope. absolutely so anyway that's all the news i got it sounds like that's all the news you guys got so let's get to our uh topic of the day um and so we're going to talk about santa's list our, right. our list for Santa. Not not Santa's not a nice list. Yes. So um, this is Santa's <laughs> list, which, of course, podcast. automatically include a an official Red Rider BB gun with a compass in the stock. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Funny story about that. I actually uh, did get shot with a BB 
gun years ago. I have one still lodged in my cheekbone to this day. That's awesome. Wow. Well, you didn't yeah. shoot your eye out. Well, it was pretty close. <laughs> Jason, I got a pocket knife. We'll take care of that tomorrow. Yeah. I'll just dig it out. It's, we, uh, we it's funny because have... every time I go and get dental x-rays, uh, it, it always takes longer for the dentist to come back. I'm like, oh, crap. I forgot to tell him about the BB. <laughs> and then like and like, th- 20 minutes later, I'm like, well, everything looks fine. We just can't figure out what this one perfectly aligned circle is. I'm like, eh, Isn't there medical equipment you can't get into now with a CAT scan or a MRI? Uh, MRIs. MRI. I can't take MRIs. Yeah. Really? Well, that might be a good way to get rid of it, actually. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, any metal inside your? No, 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 no. Funk. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> like that was easy. Blood's just streaming down your face. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm suing. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Saint, Satan's wish list. Oops, Santa's wish list. Dan, you're up first. All right. What do you got? Uh, we talked about this in a previous podcast. I want to get me some Hercules church chairs for my game Hercules, table. Hercules. Hercules, Hercules, big, fat, chunky, big bottom chairs. <laughs> Why not enjoy it? If you're gonna sit, yeah. fat bottom chairs make the world go round. Exactly. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna start with four because I don't know if I'll be able to squeeze an eight around this thing. <laughs> so I'm gonna start with four and go from there. They're about 260 bucks for a pack of four, free delivery. And as soon as that Christmas bonus shows up in my paycheck, my wife will be like, "Why did you buy these?" I'm like, "I got my bonus." Listen, when um, when you were showing me the original legs on your table, which you recently redid, I was a little concerned about those Hercules chairs fitting in. There. I know, I know, everybody was, but guess what? When you you take off the shelf solutions like those table legs, yep. and you try yep. to make it work, yep. um, sometimes you have to work backwards. And you know what? It was only about a seventy dollar fail. Yeah, so, but bad. I'm turning both of the. I have eight legs. I'm getting. I'm making two end tables with them, like. You know, and they'll match the game table, and there'll be a place for me to set books. So it's cool. That'll cost me a ripper and twenty five bucks in lumber to get that going. So it's 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 not a loss. Four Hercules church chairs, two hundred sixty bucks. Nice. Yeah, very good. All right, all right, Jason. Uh, I would like the Dune graphic novel that was released this past November. Ooh. By uh, Brian Herbert and Kevin Anderson, adapted by Brian Herbert, which is the oldest son of. I was going to ask. Yep. So I I like graphic novels. I like comics. Um, uh, I think that'd be a fun uh, a fun sit down at Christmas. I was so excited oh, when you put yeah. this on because I was literally on Amazon doing the look inside on that exact graphic novel. Oh yeah. Today, today, and then I saw you put it on there. I'm like, Jason's low jacked my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> the um, I I mean I'm really excited for the Dune movie to come out. I think that it's got a lot of potential and the star of that, the one who plays Paul um Atreides. Atreides is that how you say his name? I think so, Atreides. That yeah. works. Yeah. Um uh the so Paul, the guy who played it, um he was on Saturday Night Live hosting it this last weekend and the big hubbub was at the end he was wearing the legendary studio sweatshirt, you know, like legendary studios and that was a big deal because they're the ones that fronted most of the cost for the Dune movie to happen. And they weren't told that Warner Brothers was going to release it on HBO Max at the same time as the movie theaters. Womp womp. So they put in like a lawsuit and stuff like that. So it was a big deal because it was kind of like him giving the finger to Warner Brothers a little bit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. 
So yet another lawsuit. It has nothing to do with your Dune graphic novel, though. How much is the graphic novel? Uh, I think it's a, around $20. Oh, that's not a bad Christmas gift. No, it's not bad. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, for me, my first one that I want is the Blackstone Fortress game. Um, we played this on Tabletop Simulator one time, and I'd love to get back into it and play it again. But I love, I absolutely love the 40K models that are in there. Um, there are a lot of there. I think they're really cool and interesting to kind of paint and work and I like it. It's kind of a 40 K descent style game that you can play. So it's cooperative. What's that? It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. And, and unfortunately, like I, I didn't have a really good grasp on the rules and I think if we go back and play, I think we'd have more fun, um, playing it, but I did have a lot of fun playing it. And I think that, uh, it would be fun to have it on the table and actually, you know, push the models around so it might be a beast to set up like uh, you know deep madness yeah. is a game that i love to play but that game takes like yeah 30 minutes to set up to have it ready for people to sit down <sighs> that's so this is a great like the blackstone fortress is a great um maybe not uh, a, a great candidate for dan's gaming table because you could set it up and then and put the and leaves put the over it just walk yeah. away from it yeah, it. yeah. mm-hmm and Dan's table, I think, is a perfect size for this game, too. Dan, what's the depth of your vault? Uh, it is three and a half inches. Three and a half inches. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's That would get most models. Three yeah, and anything inches. that's, like, really big and epic size, you just need to tip it down on its side or put it on a shelf, you know. But, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, three and a half inches gives you a lot of wiggle room for, for yeah. miniatures. For the miniatures that I own, I, I don't have very many that are bigger than that. Almost. Right, is, right. That like a, is that like a Coke can? No, it's um, you know when you get like a one by four, it's just a one by four lumber, which yeah. is really one by three gotcha. and a half. So yeah. that's just I I didn't want to strip it down or, or get anything thicker. That's that's how gotcha. I that's how I picked that uh, was just the the off the shelf lumber size. Cool, makes sense. Question yeah, so. about Blackstone Fortress? Yeah, I'm seeing Ascension, Deadly Alliance. Cult yep. of the Abyss on Amazon. Yep, those are all expansion packs for it. So how do I find the core? The original game? Yeah. The original game is hard to find on Amazon. Okay. It's uh, expensive on, I don't know why, it's expensive on eBay. You can go to Games Workshop, the site itself, and get it for its original MSRP, which is $150. Okay, that's what I um, need to know. Yeah, but, I mean, you can sometimes find it like for 125 on eBay or like 125 on Amazon. And I've got a connection. Uh, he's my GW fix. Um, you know, he gets me an auto 15% off. If I – oh, here's my other question. Are any of you guys going to buy it in three – you're going to – it's on your Christmas list, so you're likely yeah. to get it. Okay. I hope so. Sometimes I, so. I want <laughs> Sometimes I want a game and don't buy it because I know you guys already own it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I, I would love this game. I mean, it. you know, the, the minis that come with it, um, I think you got to assemble them. I'm not sure. Maybe Simple they prime assemble. paint. Love. You got to prime and paint them. But, I mean, you could play them in gray plastic. They just don't roll as well. <gasps> Bless. You know, when you when you roll the dice, they don't roll very well. No, if they're not, not well at all. Yeah. So you'll probably die faster. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dan, what's your next one? Um, I really want the $100 MSRP expansion to the Lord of the Rings Journey yeah. to Middle Earth, The Shadowed Path. It comes with Gandalf. 
a female dwarf and a few other main characters from the movies and some other characters that you that are are less well known. It's a hundred. The, the core game is a hundred bucks. This expansion is a hundred bucks. Um, does it come with more adventures and stuff? Yeah, I think it does. I think you have to buy it to unlock on the app to unlock. Well, obviously, you know. <clears throat> so it's a really comprehensive upgrade. There's also Dwellers in Darkness, which is another blister pack that they came out with at the same time. Dwellers in Darkness are the, like the the ghosts that work for Aragorn. Oh, we should play that game again. We should. I'm going to be really... totally set up for it on Christmas Day. I've, I've got a 34-inch diagonal extra-wide monitor that we can use for the, for the video and do it down here in this room. It'll be great. All right. Well, let's plan something over Christmas break, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. We've got to do it. With our masks? With our masks. With our masks. <laughs> <laughs> we know what happened. We'll be careful. We'll we be we careful. know what happened last time. We're like, everybody needs to wear a mask. And then, yeah. yeah. We're all eating. We were all eating. <laughs> we were eating for 12 hours. <laughs> and nobody no. got COVID. You know, we had, at Gilcom, we had about, uh, we had a good uh, chunk of people that wore masks the whole time. Yeah. yeah. I try, yeah. I tried. It just drove me nuts. I couldn't. Um, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's about controlling your circle. And doing yeah. what you know is uh, safe, but uh, yeah, that'd be a fun game. I'd love to play that again. Good, me too. It's been it's been about a year. I think we had a friend come into town last December, so that's yeah, right. yeah, um, wow, yeah, wow. So I've only I haven't played it that much, but um, I want to put m- more money into it. It's good enough for me to put more money. Into I feel it. like uh, we play it again, we'll be faster with it too. Yeah, you know what I loved about the game is it felt because it had like the two, it had like the macro game and then the micro game. Mm-hmm. It felt like you were exploring a world, yeah. And then you it would did. go in and have this this whole like you know little fight sequence inside you know one of the sections you were exploring. I just really like that. It, it, it's it's really well designed. I know it's dependent on the stupid app. Uh, someday, if the developer decides to kill the app, the game dies too. I know that. I know that. I'm, I'm living on borrowed time. I get it. But yeah. I'm gonna enjoy it because it's for me. It's you know, I I want to play D and D, but I'm not in a group, and I don't have time to get into another group. But I can play this without a GM and get a very D and D like feel. And plus, it's Middle Earth, which is my my yeah. jam more than like Forgotten Realms. Very yeah. cool. All right, Jason. Uh, so this is a really old game, but it has been on my lists forever. Is Galaxy Truckers? It's great. I've just never gotten around to getting it. Such a fun game to play. Just you know, you build building your ships in the game. This wonky, you know, funky looking ship, and then carrying your cargo around, racing around each other. It's just just a fun game. I just need to get it. I, I played that in 2006 at KublaCon in San Francisco with Nate and Adam, and had a blast. It was very good. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a two to four player game. Um, but uh, like I said, it's a good game. It's a goofy game. It's one of those where, like, even if you're losing, you're still having a good time playing it. Because you're building a cool ship. Yeah, you're making a making a ship. Anyways, that's it. That was the next one for me. What about you, Justin? Uh, let's see. So um, for me, the thing that I want to get is uh, Frontline Gaming. They're, they're a game store located out of Las Vegas. They're the ones that put on the LVO, the LVO, Las Vegas yeah. Open. Um, they have a mat converter for the new 40k mats so basically what this is is it's an overlay that you could lay on your four by six mat that reduces the battlefield to the size that you need that's the new 40k um size so um what's cool about that is you don't have to worry about cutting any of your existing mats 
Yeah. You know? Because you could and, cut it wrong and be in... Uh, yeah, you could cut it wrong. It's going to look janky. I mean, like, who's going to cut that thing perfectly straight, right? Like, there's going to be, like, weird scissor marks. And um, and the thing is, is that um, I still want to use my mat for Age of Sigmar, which is a 4x6 still. You know what I mean? So I don't want to cut it, and then I only use it for 40K. So this overlay, you just drop it over your existing mat... And what it, what's cool about it is if you've got a 4x6 mat and you put this thing over it, you've got room for your minis on the side to put them there. You know, like a little space that they can go that's not technically part of the board. So um, it kind of creates a nice little staging area. Um, I forgot to look it up. But I will look it up and tell you how much it costs. I think it was something like $20 or $25. Um, but yeah. It was uh, that's that's something I've been kind of eyeing um, because yeah they're twenty five dollars you can go it takes a six by four to a forty four by sixty uh, that's for me that's a just get if I was invested in it as deeply as you are I, that would be so uh, that would so be a I prime looked at tomorrow. that <laughs> I looked at that for a little bit and I thought yeah. you know what I can achieve the same thing with masking tape Jason <sighs> no I'm like but ghetto uh, no and it's not gonna break. Like I'm afraid that like you know you would tear an edge because it's it's got a thin edge to it oh, on yeah, one of the yeah. edges. I see what you're saying. I'm afraid you're going to catch an edge, you're going to tear it, and then and then you're going to be using masking tape anyways. Well, you opinion. know, here's the I deal. Like okay, it. listen, this is my Christmas wish list. I'm on. This is what <laughs> I want, and unfortunately, I think most of them are out of stock. Ah. Uh, oh, but you know what? No. A girl can dream. Well, um, whatever you need to do to, to, I mean, nobody likes to rebuy everything, you know? That's true. And so yeah. it's like, oh, hey, now you all need new mats. And I know you guys have all build, been building tables for four by three, but you or six foot by four feet. You don't need those anymore. It's like, oh, yeah. thanks a lot. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's not that going smaller is worse. Going bigger is probably worse than smaller, but um, you got to do what you got to do. Enjoy it. Yeah. So I think I think this is like probably the best solution. Um, but to be perfectly honest with you, um, my table as it is now is 44 by 60 inches, and the new um, so the normal thing is 48 by 60, right? Or sorry, mm-hmm. 48 by 72 is the four foot by six foot table. So my table is 44 by 72. So if I just cut off like a foot. Of my table, I'm not going to cut off a foot of my table. But if I put something there, a foot off, then I've got the perfect game size thing of my table. So no. I technically don't need it now. But if I were to ever like expand, um, I think I'd like this thing. I think it would be good. And no to masking tape. Move on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> tell tell me if you want to take that other game table I had off my hands. The, the one that oh I, the alpha one alpha oh, game yeah. table. Okay, we we, okay. we could work out a deal. Yeah, um, because I right. I don't I'm not going to play real Armada enough to own it. That's the only reason I have it now is real Armada, the, yeah. the three feet by six feet Armada. And speaking of Armada, it's my turn to talk about Armada. FFG yeah. Armada, they have an upgrade card collection. Um, they put out a whole bunch of new um, uh, kits for the Clone Wars for Armada. Those just came out for Clone Wars fans, and you can just buy into a faction like you can in other war games without having to buy both factions simultaneously. And you can get the upgrade card collection, which has every upgrade they ever freaking published up to that point, all these wow. waves since it came out. 
And the upgrade cards, a lot of them have been rewritten with the new size. They've gotten rid of the mini cards. FFG used to love their little mini cards so much. Right, right. They've ditched those. They're now a standard card size. And there's additional mm. icons on the card that make the wording on the card clearer to understand. They've oh, also built all the errata for the old cards into the new cards. So, Oh, that's so good. It's <laughs> it's kind of like it's, it's a no-brainer buy, which is why yeah. I finally woke up and decided I needed it. And then I realized they were sold out a couple of the places that I buy that stuff from. So, but how much is it? It's only like twenty five bucks. But there's a lot of um, the stuff I never bought for Armada, and I would get all those upgrade cards. Um, once again, you know, getting back to the Christian Peterson thing, we're not just selling cards. You got to buy the model to get the cards. Right. Um, and there were a lot of models I just stinking didn't want, so I never had certain upgrades. And now if I get that, I'll have those old upgrades, and and that'll be the new the new game. Uh, the new so they've done a 1.5. They've kind of changed one or two fundamental rules of the game to make it more fun, and I can't wait to play play the new version of the game. I think it'll be a, uh, it'll it'll make a lot more sense and not feel as. Here's weird. a question for you: Will you come to Las Vegas Open and play Armada? Well, if I want to get my if I want to pay a lot of money to get my butt kicked, sure, I have a place to stay. I got a lot of places to crash in Las Vegas. I'm from Las Vegas. Oh man, uh, 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 what about the Nova Open? Nova Open, I would play Armada Nova Open because I like those guys here in Virginia. One of the guys uh-huh. who lives in Woodbridge is really great. I think they're cool. And they were a pretty open community. I ran, I've run into Armada guys like at, you know, Noodles and Company. And they've, they've always yeah. been like, yeah, I remember you're at the tournament. How are you doing? And um, they seem like solid guys. They're a much smaller community than X-Wing. So they're a lot yeah. more... They talk to each other a lot more, but Armada, I think Armada is on an upswing right now because of all the new product FFG is pushing out. Um, so that's, cool. that's a good thing. Uh, the two years ago when I went for a bunch of painting classes and you were there um, doing your X-Wing Armada thing, I don't think you played Armada that weekend. No, yeah. Um, but you were there. I remember there was a point where you were playing, and I ended up going over and kind of watching the Armada guys. And they were like, hey, dude, come over here. Let me show you how to play this. you know. And they were kind of like explaining it as they were playing. And I was like, oh, this is very cool. Yeah. So they're very nice guys. Yeah. And, and it's a crunchy game. If you really want something that, that that is of the equivalent level of rules complexity that as a Games Workshop game, FFG has Armada there for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's that's on my wish list. That's good. All right, Jason. Um, I think I want to get uh, Escape the Dark Castle. We talked about Escape the Dark Sector. Escape the Dark Castle was the first game from the company. Oh, is it like born. a fantasy version yeah. of it? Yeah, it was. Uh, and if you look at Escape the Dark Castle, Escape the Dark Sector was definitely a sci-fi skin with some additions on, on it. So castle. I think, yeah, on Castle. So I'd like to to jump back and see how the first game was. I totally am behind you on that purchase because I want to play that with you. (laughs) (laughs) And I was listening to our podcast today. It's been out for a few days. I finally, I caught up because I'm, I'm caught up now and I had it. I was doing Christmas cards down here in the basement and I had it on the big speakers and my wife's like, are you listening to yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like, don't judge me. (laughs) All right, that's great, Justin. It's the only way to get better. It's the only right? the only way to get better is to have your wife catch you doing something. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, the third thing that I am looking at for Christmas um, that I would like is I think it's gonna I think I need a new 3D printer. So 
I originally got one a couple years back, and uh, Jason, you got one because I started talking about it, and our buddy mm-hmm. Jim got one because we started talking about it. And we're printing up a lot of stuff, and then like my bed seriously warped on it, and uh, like it's to the point where I could never level it and never get a good print on it. Oh no! And so I tried to install a um, sensor to auto level to help it out and that just kind of messed everything up it's to the point where i'm just like i think i'm just ready to throw it out because like it just doesn't work the way that it needs to um and but now that i'm especially getting into like 40k um 40k has a lot a lot of terrain rules and the dependency on the terrain is humongous compared to age of sigmar and there's a lot of great 3D printed like terrain for 40k out there that would be great to set up and and print and stuff. So I'm kind of like, listen, I could go buy the you know Sector Imperialis stuff that's going to cost me like $300, or I could get a 3D printer for $120. Like the mm-hmm. Ender 3 Pro, I think is great for this. And um, you know, I could get it for a couple, like one hundred twenty dollars. Yeah. And I'm looking at it right now. And, I'm seeing one hundred sixty, hundred, you know, two hundred dollars for an Ender three. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I, I was seeing it as low as like one hundred twenty on Amazon a while back. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, you do that, you throw in some filament, and all of a sudden you've got you know a bunch of terrain that would have cost you like three hundred dollars for. Yeah. That you can print a lot for. Easily. You know, so. I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, seeing if I want to get back into it, um, but I haven't totally pulled the trigger on that. I but didn't, it's on the Christmas I didn't realize list. yours was offline. Yeah, it went offline like around the same time I moved. So it's been offline for like a year and a half, oh, two years wow. now. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. It's just you've been so. painting so much, and that's been on purchase minis. So. Yeah. Yeah, GW's got me on the there. <laughs> I'm on the on the the GW drug right now. You and I are going to need to do a a, a a spreadsheet comparison on what we've spent on different companies in the last tw- yeah. 36 yeah. months, and to see to see who's who's uh, who's bled out more uh, more cash to which company. I listen. Um, my my uh, model mo- modeling and hobbying. Um, I I think about. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. when he was like in a courtroom and they were asking about like his drug addictions and stuff like that, you know? And he said, he said, listen, my addiction is like me having a shotgun in my hand, my finger on the trigger, and I love the taste of gunmetal, <laughs> you know? And dude, that is like, that is like my, my model hobby too. I'm like, I want that model so bad. I need it. Oh. I need it, you know? So, we should yeah. have never got you into real gaming. <laughs> it's bad. You got, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, you jerks. <laughs> we should have left him on the rugby field. He'd be such a better man today. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, a a three D printer, hundred twenty dollars for me. So so far, I'm up to a hundred and let's see, two hundred seventy five. Uh, uh, probably about three hundred dollars. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right, Dan, you're number um, four. This is another thing that uh, Jay and I, when we did our Call to Adventure review, um, I decided I wanted to get the Name of the Wind uh, addition to the game. Oh, yes. And the, pl- the playmat to go with it. Some of these games that lack a board, especially when you're introducing games to new people, mm-hmm. a, a two-dimensional surface helps people orient to what's going on in the game, and there's a nice playmat 
Um, and I think I'm going to pick it up for myself because I know it's not going to be under the tree. So I'm. Have you read uh, Name of the Wind? No, I haven't. Na- I haven't read. I, I'm. Oh, I'm going to get it so just good. based on first of all because the the series is so well known and loved. Number one. Number two, I know I already like Call to Adventure. So yeah. for me, that's kind of that's for me that's a no brainer purchase, and it could be a gateway for me to get into Name of the Wind. The Name of the Wind is great. The um, uh, the sequel was fantastic. We've been waiting about ten years for the third book to come out. Yeah. He's George R. R. He's George R. R. Martining us. Well, so uh, it's kind of making making us all like fans of that a little peeved, but his story is so it's so good. That's great. It's so good. It's great. Um, so so yeah. it's a great setting for that game, and I we talked about it during that episode. But yeah, yeah. But no, you and I reviewed it without Jay. Yeah, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Right. I got you confused now, Justin and Jay. I got you confused. It's all good. I feel okay. terrible. I apologize, Justin. <laughs> Jason, what's your next one? Uh, my next one's a big one. It's a Harbinger uh, V2312 12 inch 2000 watt powered Bluetooth speaker, a Whoa. PA speaker. So I have an electronic drum kit, and um, the uh, electronic drum sets work really well with headphones when you're, you know, you're practicing. But also, my daughter plays bass guitar, and uh, we like to jam sometimes. And I don't really have a good way to connect all of us together to a single speaker. Like she's got her bass guitar amp, um, and uh, the thing about that though is that those kinds of amps are tuned specifically to that instrument whereas a drum yeah. you know covers from your 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 toms to your bass kick drum to your cymbals it covers a very large range yeah. uh-huh. of of frequencies and what's interesting is you can buy electronic drum monitors for lots of money or you can just get PA speakers cuz PA speakers are meant to cover the entire frequency yeah, range yeah, because they push right. all the instruments through yeah. them at you know at sound stages and stuff so uh, so this is a powered PA speaker uh, right now. It's it's a good brand. I wouldn't say it's you know the top of the line, but it's also um, you know not not kind of at the bottom sector there. And uh, has several inputs, so I can actually plug my drums and my daughter's bass guitar into this and connect our phone to put on a song so that we can all jam together through it. So this is something I want uh, for nice. Christmas. Hey, one ninety nine ninety nine at Guitar Center. Yeah, and it's on sale. It's normally I think two fifty. Yep, fifty bucks off. I uh, I can't wait till you start playing some Grateful Dead music for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I actually just recently uh, purchased. Um, you know, uh, with COVID, a lot of musicians are out of work because they're not touring and getting. You know, a lot of the, that's where they get a lot of their income from. Um, uh, there, I have, there are several bands that I follow. You guys know, we've talked about this in the past. I have, I have a love for metal. I thought, it, I uh, thought there are several. We talked about you having a love for folk, <laughs> <laughs> right? That hippie music. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Any, I had anyways, to think of the opposite uh, of heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, there are several, uh, artists that have gone to transcribing their music, uh, and selling their transcriptions. Um, oh, and a cool. couple, I found a couple uh, of one of my artists who I really like, uh, Haken, and I went and uh, uh, the drummer transcribed uh, three or four of his albums, like full transcription with notes on every song um, and like personalized notes uh, um, and just really, really cool. And he signs every copy of these and he lives in the UK. So I said, hey, I'm going to support, I'm going to support a guy during this time that maybe he's not working as much as as he needs to 
And so I bought a couple of his transcription books. So I'm excited to get this PA speaker and, and hook that up and uh, my daughter and I can jam to it. It'll be That's fun. That's great. Very cool. Family time. Yep. So good. I bought picks for my teenage daughter. She has, ah, she cool. has a bass and, a, and a, she has an electric bass and a regular electric guitar that she inherited from my dad. Nice. And they're sitting in her room and I can hear her on her Gorilla amp from time to time. Yeah, there you wailing go. Wailing away nice. on them. Very good. Uh, for my fourth one, I'm thinking that I'd like a new airbrush. So I've got, I've got, I got the master airbrush. It was like $80, came with a compressor and like two airbrush, you know, heads mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's worked great. Don't get me wrong. Like I've been able to like, you know, prime stuff like crazy base coat stuff like crazy, you know, do some, do, you know, get into it a little bit better. But um, I will say that the compressor is not that great. Like you can quote unquote adjust the pressure. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it it only it only does so much, you know. And and you watch these like YouTube videos of guys using their airbrushes, and they're like, oh yeah, I, I dial this down to like this pressure for when I'm using like you know uh, real watered down stuff, or I dial it up when I'm using these kind of paints. And you know, I I'm like I just don't have that kind of control. And the um the gun itself is a very cheap it's a very cheap Chinese knockoff of the Iowata um gun and uh so the trigger is just kind of clunky and you know sometimes it gets like the thing gets stuck and so you just don't have as much control over i don't don't have as much control over it as i as i would like like i said it does the job that i need it to do right now but if i ever wanted to like start doing more detailed work with an airbrush yeah which would be great uh, i'd save a lot of time um i need something a little bit better you know so that's on the list and that's probably listen. I'm talking to, to upgrade the compressor and you know get a new gun. It's probably like a two to three hundred dollar investment. Yeah, I tell you how many times I have disassembled, cleaned, and reassembled my gun. Yeah. Just, I mean, you know, it's getting at a point to where I know one of these times I'm not gonna be able to put it back together. I, I listen. I agree with you. Like even just trying to pull out the uh, the the pin. Yeah. Out of there, and you're like, it should not be giving this much resistance coming out. You know? Right. <laughs> There's. It's funny because you just get no matter how well you try to clean it and soak it and bathe it in that the cleaner. It's like little bits of grime of paint just find their ways. Yeah, yeah. Little the sections. air will yeah. push it where it needs to go. And yeah. and because it's a cheap Chinese one, like it gets there's nooks and crannies that like I don't yeah, think are the, in yeah. other ones. You know. Right. That uh, don't not give sealed as, much as well. Fits. Yeah. Exactly. So. Anyway. Yep, so that's that's number four. All right, last one. Dan, last what you got? Last around. Um, Star Trek Ascendancy. It's a 75-ish, okay. $100-ish uh, Star Trek You don't game. have that game? No, it's Dan. It's our other Dan. Oh, he yeah, has yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he has that and plus all the expansions that he took me and and john through a version of, you know, through the tabletop. With um, the board. Through the tabletop yeah. thing and uh t- a tabletop simulator and i liked it i had a i had a great time and we had to end didn't you play that at uh gen con with us i didn't year that I, we were I was playing something else i was playing yeah yeah okay. i was i was playing that was the last night before we all went home we were yeah. all set up at tables in the uh, hotel room the, i was playing yep. the viking thing with john that time right that was another good game. um or i can't remember the name of it but you know it's Vikings uh, of the raiders, raiders of the north, raiders of the north. Yeah. and so i did that one and um 
yeah, so I want it. It's fun. It looks cool. It's Trek, and it's also um, it's, it's a four E game. You know, explore. You know, expand. So that's it, that's I grok that kind of Spock, and so I think I would be I'd really <laughs> be interested to to play. I that. will play that with you because I t- you know I am generally not a huge Star Trek fan. Like I'm I, I enjoy Star Trek, yeah. but I will always move to another. Fr- I will always go to another franchise sure. first if there's a game on the table. But I'll tell you, I really enjoy playing Star Trek Ascendancy. The game itself is a fun game. Yeah, yeah. yeah if if it, it felt like a really nice space exploration game, plus it had Trek in there, and, and that that's kind of a it, yeah. It needed both. It couldn't just stand on Trek alone. And there's so many of those games that are space exploration games that you build yeah. bases mm-hmm. and stuff. It has to be. It has it has to win on both fronts, and that one does a good job. I'm almost positive that Dan got that game for hosting like all those. I think he did. He did. Yeah. He got and, a bunch and, of free and the stuff. expansion too yeah. Yeah. for Gale Force Nine. It's a Gale Force Nine game. Yeah, right? yep. they gave him yeah. a bunch of free stuff. So for people who want to have Gen Con kind of at least not pay for itself, but lower the overall cost, if you get with one of those companies and say, "Hey, I'll run a game." First yeah. of all, your badge is cheaper, and then sometimes those companies can be, be very generous. Yeah. yeah. We have a we have a buddy Lincoln who um, goes out. Is it Mystic Games, Jason? Do you remember? It sounds right. Yeah, I he goes so. out there and they give him like a bunch of stuff. Like his hotels for his hotel is free and his um, you know, his food's free and yeah. But he's also working like all day in the vendor spot, so he can only game at night essentially. And that's the thing. Like I, I I've talked over this. My you know that year that we GM'd. Yeah. Um, and we got our uh. We got our um, passes paid for. Um, I had a lot of fun. That was when we were at the height of kind of the Shadow of the Demon Lord. And that was great. Yeah. It was so fun to play that game with people. Yep, yep. But afterwards, I thought, man, would I would I, would I, I do this again? Like, basically forfeit the meat, like, huge part yeah. portions of my time. And I was talking to my wife, and she was like, she was like, you love gaming. Like, why? Just, you know, it's 150 bucks. Just save another 150 bucks throughout the year so that you can just right. play games the whole time rather than have to run something. Yep, yep. See, and for me, I running something is part of playing too. And I like it because, to me, the GM sometimes plays the most. You know? I agree. I agree. And I think, so if you yeah, really ahead. like, if you like being in that spotlight and doing it, then it's another game. You're just, you know, it's another game for you. Yeah, and I love GMing too. I think the thing is, I don't know if I love GMing three, three days three, a row when three, I've four only hour sessions. Yeah. yeah, when I've only got three days at this convention that comes, you know. I agree. I, I agree with that. Yeah. There's a balance there for sure. Yeah. If you could do it for two sessions, I'd I'd be in every. Oh, time. totally, totally. You know, yeah. so yeah. you could do two six-hour sessions. Right. Well, yeah, you could. I I think I would still. I think I will still sign up to GM games. Yeah. Um, but I won't do it for the purposes for, for of the getting batch. a free pass. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, so what's your last one? My last one, you know, I was on the thought of Star Trek Ascendancy. I was going to put Twilight Imperium because we had such a fun time Man, that playing was a that great game. game. But honestly, it's, it's one of those things where Dan said, you know, like once someone in your local group has that game, it's kind of like yeah. you know, invest in other games. And if stuff. you if you ask John, pretty pretty please, he'd probably let you play it, like right. take it and borrow it. Right, and and that's yeah. the thing is like we're all you know kind of have a group here. So I, instead, I put something which is totally out of the question, but I just put it because this is a wish list, right? I put my the Oculus Quest two. And why is that out of the which, question? Uh, well, it's about three hundred bucks. Oh, 
And um, if you add everything else up that's there, that's a lot of money. And <laughs> my wife and I have uh, we have six children. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do the math. To add up. Things start to break <laughs> down. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, anyway, that's so only, that's I, only fifty dollars per child. Think about that. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Hey, I grew up in a family of five. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you get it. Uh, but I think the Oculus Quest 2 is cool. I like the concept of having a standalone VR that's not just your phone and a Google Cardboard. Yeah. Um, that right. also, you know, you can also buy a cable and connect it to your PC and run Steam VR. So I think it's, I think it's a great step in commodity VR hardware. Uh, and 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 you know, some people, it's some people has got a lot of gripes. Uh, in some community, the fact that it's connected to Facebook, um, and you know that that you have to have a Facebook account to access it, and so a lot of people think, you know, why is this? Should this tech really be tied to a social media platform that's forcing you to engage? <laughs> you on know, the platform if you're really blah, worried blah, blah, about blah, blah, that, blah, blah, build, blah, blah. A, build yeah. a throwaway Facebook profile. Yeah, like if you're um, really worried about that, whatever. So I mean, there it it has had a rough. As all new tech does, it had a rough entry where people were getting banned because they were using Facebook accounts that Facebook thought was phony, but it was actually their account they've oh, had for like hilarious. ten years Whoa. and stuff. So, yeah. So, but I mean, Facebook's come out and they've they've tried to fix those things. That stuff aside, I think it's cool that there's a three hundred dollar untethered VR system that has the specs that this thing does. Uh, I think it's a good step in the right direction. So, I, yeah. it could be a cool thing. That's cool. Very cool. I'm excited. Yeah, I you, hope Justin? you get it. I hope you get it because I know you've been an investor in in that uh, in VR technology, and uh, I think it's great. I hope you get it. Sorry. It would be fun. I will say uh, I know my wife has already told me she's done shopping for me, and that was not on my original <laughs> list. So. <laughs> well, some of us have the the stuff we wanted, the stuff we got, and then the stuff we go buy afterwards. That's true. So. Right. Yeah. Listen, hey, Merry I think Christmas. My, Where are you going? Oh, just to the just to the, get some uh, groceries. Yeah. I think my wife got me some shoes for Christmas. So there may be a post Santa visit sometime, right? It, it's <laughs> that's a real thing. <laughs> um so my last one is kind of related to what we're talking about. Um I want convention passes for this oh, year. Oh man, yes. I want to go to Origins, I want to go to Gen Con, I want to go to uh, to the Nova Open. I want to have our guild con. I want to go to like either Du Bois in November. Like I just want, I want to go out this year. Like I'm hoping that by the time, you know, June rolls around that conventions are like, yeah, we're doing this. You know what I mean? Like I know that a lot of them have to start planning for stuff now, but hopefully if like we can start seeing numbers go down with vaccines coming out that they're like, Yeah. yeah, we're totally doing this. And I just want to go. I want to go to like a lot of them. There's a lot of hope so, in that want. I mean, for 20, I know. 22, I have high confidence in 22. My confidence is much shakier for 21. <sighs> I think I think June, Origins would be the first one, right? That one is like a 10% it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But I think a Nova Open, I think it could happen. I think anything uh, uh, late summer and beyond is a possibility. Yeah, so do you think Gen Con might happen? So Gen Con is usually July to August. uh, First week of August, right? End of July? Yeah, end of July, first week of August. It's possible. It depends on how the distribution of these vaccines rolls out. Yep. And the confidence of the country. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The perception of the rollout too, right? 
And, yeah, all that stuff's and, part and, of it. And basically, there's a general counsel component of how much do people want to incur liability for people catching COVID That at is true. Events, that is absolutely which true. Which I think yeah. is pushing a lot of decisions. Well, there, that's one of the reasons there's a lot of uneven quarantine experiences all over the country. It's just, it's, it's like, well, what, we, yeah. what will your general counsel allow? Right, right, right. So anyway, but that, listen, if I were wishing for a Christmas miracle, that's the one, you know, and that's, and, uh, uh, we'll all wish with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So that's a, it's going to be a lot of, that would be a lot of money. I'm not even going to add up in my mind of what that all would be, but you know, yeah. Good times. Origins. Listen, boys, if we could go to origins this year, my, we got a place to stay at my brother's house. You He'll go. come with us. Like that would be a fun trip. When is it? Nor- isn't it normally in the spring? Uh, it's uh like June seventeenth yeah. or something. Yeah, it's like, like a month like before June. Of- so it's the late yeah. of uh, late late spring, early summer. Yeah, yeah. It, I've had trouble doing it before because it's always like the end of the school year. Right. Like the like the literally the end yeah. of the school year and um. Well, good thing that school year is all in our house now, right? There we go. See, that's mm-hmm. just what I'm it's saying. All and the same. And this is the year that none of my kids have the, you know, kindergarten graduation, the sixth grade graduation, you know, like they're all like starting in their new school. So it's like, who cares if it's the end of school? No big deal. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is the year my son graduates <laughs> oh, high school. That's uh, yeah. That's so he's be had it. a great senior year. <laughs> womp, womp. Uh, we'll celebrate so when I get people, back, buddy. So many others. That's the lost yeah. generation. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Lost generation. Don't worry, I'll take you out for a burger when I get back from this. Yeah, conference. I'm going to go do things for me. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that that so sounds like you, a, that so sounds like a you. terrible like 1990s like uh, you know, after school special like, don't worry, son, I'll I'll pick you up for a burger later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's sitting on the steps, the leaves are blowing. It's like, I know my dad's going to come for me, right? <laughs> yeah, I, no, he's coming. He's coming. You sure you don't need a, a ride home, Johnny? No, 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 my dad's coming. My dad's going to be here. We all had to watch those horrible specials <laughs> growing up cuz either we had to watch them in school or there was nothing else on. Oh That's my right. gosh. That's right. No Netflix. No such no thing. No such thing. Nope. Uh, so yeah, I, I can think of two or three that remind me of that. So you should just do that because, hey, I tried being an <laughs> '80s parent for my birthday. It was the best thing I ever did. My <laughs> wife left town and I hid out in my garage for four days and I poked my head in and said, "I'm ordering pizza in an hour." <laughs> the kids probably it. thought that was awesome. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Everyone was happy. Let me just say that yeah. everyone listen, was happy. Listen. My kids love it when dad watches them. I have like, I'm just kind of like, oh, you didn't die today. So that's a win. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so, oh, well. well, listen, everybody, thank you so much for listening to our show tonight. Um, we would love to hear what's on your Christmas wish list. So we're going to throw this up on Facebook. Uh, why don't you comment in there and tell us what you are looking to get uh, for Christmas this year? Because we'd love to hear what you are playing or what you want to be playing. So thank you so much and uh, have a great night. Bye. See ya. <laughs>